Content warning, this podcast mentions suicide. If you are contemplating suicide or having suicidal thoughts, please call Lifeline on 131114 or the Suicide Callback Service on 1300 659 467. If you're in immediate danger, call triple zero. I've got it. Hello. I did it. You did it. Hey, Meso. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to tell everyone this because now they can call me Meso. I'm trying to make Meso a thing. Yeah. But people call me Meso, not Mel. Mm. I just think it could happen. My yeah. sister gets called Meso. This is, I got jealous because everyone at her workplace and her old workplace call her Meso. Mm. And I was like, I'm so much more of a Meso. Yeah, you are. So now I'm trying to make it happen. It's not <laughs> going so well yet. It's not like happening organically like it happened for your sister. No. You're just like trying to make it a thing. And I'm trying it. to be supportive. Mm-hmm. Like I just called you Meso then. You did. Um, but I did also put in that picture of Ross in Friends when he was like, <laughs> you know what never caught on? Rossitron. <laughs> I think Meso is a bit more believable than Rossitron. But Rossitron's I, lame. I agree. Meso is a very Aussie thing to call someone with a surname Meso. Yes. So I'm surprised it hasn't happened for well, you. Well, it's going to happen now because I'm going to make it happen. <laughs> and then Mel was like, you could be Clarky if you want. And I was like, no, thanks. It always <laughs> reminds me of um, that ad for Clark Rubber. Oh, where it's yeah. it's like, cool, Clarky. What about like Jorky? Mm. Jorks. No. Jorkle. No. <laughs> My name's too long to have like a surname. Joe Rokel. Joe Brokel. Just come in. What do you... Oh, the interruption. We'll just edit we're this just out. We're just getting it interrupted. Painstakingly. No, we're just going to leave it in and just shame that <laughs> tune for coming into the room while we were working. How dare. How dare he. We're clearly busy. Is it really bright in here? It's not not really bright. I <laughs> have this thing. Where sometimes the lights are really bright and I wonder if an alien has taken over my body and now I'm an alien and like I'm really sensitive perceptive to, to light or oh, something right. and like set my senses are heightened because I'm actually an alien. Is that Mars Attacks, the plot line of Mars Attacks? Or Men in Black? Mm, Men in Black? Yeah. I think it's Men in Black. Yeah. I think so too. I think I always think it's going to be Mars Attacks and it's never Mars Attacks. It's always Men in Black and I get those movies really confused. So Blue Healers. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Last week we talked about Blue Healers Mm -hmm. and then someone amazing in the group, Michelle, Mm -hmm. was like, hey, FYI, um, it's on 7 Plus. Mm -hmm. And so we both went on there. You skipped ahead. Yep. I'm having problems with my 7 Plus app. It keeps taking me out of 7 Plus. Oh, that's annoying. So I haven't gone back to it after that one day of watching Mm. a few episodes because it was a little frustrating. But I might need to just update or something. That's very mundane. But anyway, it's so fucking good. Oh, my God. That first episode is just iconic in so many ways because I was – this is the thing. I was too young 
to be fully into Blue Heelers as a kid. It was too mature. Yeah. I was still very much in like a Neighbours and Home and Away was a treat, let alone Blue mm-hmm. Heelers. And then by the time I got a bit older, like teenage years, towards the end of Blue Heelers, mm. it just wasn't like good enough. Like it was kind of in a weird stage by then. And yeah, then it had been going. Up, I think in 2000 or something. So it's kind of like. We missed the boat. We missed the boat a bit. So going back to it is like just like, whereas McLeod's I was always into. Yes, yeah. So it was like revisiting an old friend. Mm. But I did it not that long ago. So I was like, okay. Blue Healers mm. is a show I've never seen really properly, but I do know the characters. And so it was so funny when like, you know, Lisa McHugh, Maggie turns yes. up and she's like, she's an and PJ is this like sleazy, yes. like detective. And I just did not picture him like that. Cause the only PJ I knew was from like TV week. Yes. Profiles when they were already like a couple. A thing. Yeah. Like a thing, but they're not like that at the beginning. No. It's obviously tension, but they're and not quite there. like, Gross. Yeah, and they haven't like formed his character yeah. yet. So he's like, he's like just this full like player of the town, yeah. which is like, like how AVA can you be? <laughs> yes. And he's always like hitting on everyone. Like he's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna take this yeah. one, boss. And then who's the other guy? It's not Wayne. It's um, um uh, Nick. Nick. Yeah, yeah. And Nick's like, oh, classic PJ. And then PJ like is leaning on her like car window. Yeah, she, he's like, what's a pretty girl like you doing in town? <laughs> and it's like, why are you k- gross? Clara girly, girly. <laughs> Hello, girly. Like, who says that? <laughs> and then how's when she goes to the pub? This is my favourite. Mm. And then they're like, oh yeah, we like to like roast, you know, the the new cops, and they're gonna like make her drink heaps. Yeah. And then she's like. Um, she's already just give me like yeah. um, vodka on the rocks, and then obviously the um, old mate behind the bar is giving her water. Yeah, but then she <laughs> turns into like Captain Vodka on the rocks, like that's yeah. her like flex. Is like I drink vodka. I'm such a cool girl. Yeah. I like don't drink beer. I drink vodka on the rocks, and it's like what? <laughs> Who drinks vodka on the rocks casually? It's, that's vile. That makes I know. me want to vomit. It doesn't make you cool. It makes you like a eighty year old geriatric billionaire. Or like a Russian mm. murderer, murderer. <laughs> like gangster or something. Yeah, it was so good. And she's just like such a feminist icon. Oh. Like the whole episode is really, actually really interesting. Yeah. Even in a, looking at it through a modern lens, I guess. Yeah. Because it's about, uh, it's um, Rada Mitchell as well. Yes, Who went on too. to be semi-famous. And she's like, although her boyfriend Bruce is definitely hot. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, no. But he, <laughs> it's like about, not spousal rape, but like partner rape. Yeah. And then she wants to report it. And he's like, she's my girlfriend, eh? And it's like, that's still not okay. Yeah. And like, even some of the cops need, male cops need to learn that. And Maggie's kind of schooling them all on what's consent and what isn't. Yeah. And it was just like so good. It's such a like woke first episode yeah. from like 1994. Yeah. Yeah. And then oh, I kind so of. Watched a few and I stopped it as the like end credits were rolling, and then I just like turned the TV off and yeah. went about my business. And then <laughs> later that night, Julian was ho- like he wasn't home. Yeah, and then he came home and he's like, "Let's finish Shetland." <laughs> the TV went on and it was like playing that bang 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 Blue Healers credits, and so I was good. like, "Oh, um, <laughs> I'm so ashamed." I was watching Blue Healers before. I was like. Like he caught me watching porn or something. Like I was just like, oh. And he was like, oh, sprung. Caught red-handed. Um, I was yeah. like, it's a very good show. It's a classic. <laughs> You're like defending your choices. <laughs> anyway, it's great. Uh, it is great. I've jumped to season three, which is some real chaotic energy, but it was mainly because 
season one is sort of it's still finding its feet and none yeah. of the like relationships have solidified and I was like oh and then season two I was like looking at all the descriptions <laughs> and there were like 22 episodes and like nothing was developing nothing jumped out at but you but then it's really like season three it's easy to just jump in there's just like a new cop in town and he's really hot mm-hmm. and then Wayne's oh I don't want to say don't spoil things. something has happened I fucking love then, Wayne does he divorce Ross I'm not or telling you do you want to actually know <sighs> You just, just you just said don't tell me anything and then you start asking like very specific questions. But I love Wayne. I know. Which feels weird because that's my dad's well, name. Well, I do. Can I please tell you one episode that I watched because it's very funny. Okay. So, yes. So, Wayne and Roz divorce yes. at the end of season oh, sorry, one. She's actually. only there for like one season. So, I read back and basically like on the internet mm. and basically it was like um, some shit happens and like Roz is unhappy about blah, blah, who cares or something like he leaves her and like. She gets scared or something. I can't even remember. It was really like a really tiny problem that suddenly developed into her going, I need to go back to the city. I can't live here and I can't be with you anymore. And it was like, what? (laughs) None of that would be a thing that would break up your marriage. Yeah. But, um, especially to Wayne, who's a fucking babe and he's so sweet. I know. Love him. But basically in, in this season three episode, you know how all the episodes basically are like one town problem yes in just like yeah, yeah. a little like a package or and problem, then it's gone yeah. so this problem was that these two backpackers came to town these mm. two girls it's very like Ivan Malat vibes right. so it's tying really nicely into like literally at what we're supposed to be talking about <laughs> <laughs> which we're never talking about never. at the beginning but it's very like based it must be based off the backpacker mm. murders because they're like hitchhiking and then they're like oh girls you shouldn't be hitchhiking and then they Wayne is like very single and ready to mingle and he him and PJ are like down at the pub like like hitting on the chicks and Wayne particularly is hitting on the chicks very hard Mm. and probably inappropriately considering he's in like his uniform and then he ends up taking this the British backpacker back to his house Mm. and the German backpacker is like, I'm just going to bed because I was staying in the pub. Mm-hmm. And then she turns up dead. <gasps> I know. Out of town, like just lying oh on the side God. of the road. Like fully clothed and everything, but just like dead. And then they're like, oh, it looks like a hit and run, but like what the fuck is it Why a murder? Was she doing? But then Wayne gets like deeply obsessed with his British, new British backpacker <laughs> girlfriend that he's literally slept with once <laughs> at this point. And he's like, um, um, she's she's not going to live at the pub anymore. She's going to live with me for now. And Whoa, then she, he, okay. he's like defending her and it's like <laughs> super like unprofessional. <laughs> and then it takes 4,000 years for like, you know, like Tom yes. to like actually intervene <laughs> and be like, Wayne, you're being like Does really Tom unprofessional. Does do anything ever? No, he just walks around and like says bloody something. He's like the <laughs> Alf Stewart yeah. of like Blue Healers. And he, like it takes him so fucking long. Like I feel like from the get go, you might be like, hey, Wayne, mm. probably shouldn't be like, ethically using your like police (laughs) uniform to get chicks also like um you can't be involved in this investigation because you are now connected to the investigation because you were sleeping with one Mm -hmm. of the people anyway and then it turns out like this whole time they're like oh like she's a she's a suspect you know blah 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 Uh and then in the end it turns out that she was like um sleeping with guys and then stealing their wallets oh which is Hustler's vibe. Yeah. And I was like, and anyway, and it was just really funny because Wayne's like super defensive. And then the last thing is like PJ basically being like, uh, Wayne, you got to come in here, mate. And then they've got this like dude from the other town, you know, St. David's, whatever it is, the neighboring (laughs) town. town. And then they're like, the guy's like telling a story about these backpackers that stole his wallet. And then 
PJ goes, it focuses on his face and he goes, and can you tell me which one you slept with, the British one or the German one? And he's like, <laughs> oh, the British one. And Wayne's like, oh. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. <laughs> it's just, the whole thing is so great. Like he gets so deeply emotionally invested in something and it's like, dude, you slept with her yeah. one time. Like I think you need Calm to like down. pull it that's back. Not being, that's not being single Stage and ready clinger. to mingle. Mm-mm. That's like stalker territory. Yeah. It's like Wayne could have been a suspect. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. Sorry. <laughs> I just thought that was a funny story and you'd enjoy it. I did. But yeah, Wayne's like single and like DTF all the time at the moment. I love Around that. Me. Yeah. Maybe I'll skip ahead. You should. Just come to season three where things are great and Wayne's <laughs> single Roz and Roz gone. is gone into the abyss. She was whinging so much about She's cleaning so the fucking oh my God. cells or just whatever. Just don't clean them, Roz. I don't know how you even <laughs> got into the position where you were cleaning them. <laughs> Again, doesn't seem very ethical for like the constable's wife to get the job exactly. in the like cell cleaning vomit. I don't know. The whole thing, the show doesn't really make a tire sense from an ethical and like logistical standpoint. And I think standpoint. they just write it off as like, it's a small town and thing goes. Yeah. It's like, it's not like that. You still have to <laughs> like obey the, the law The police are like ethics. part of the New South Wales police. So yeah. actually you don't, <laughs> it's not just a small town. <laughs> um, another thing I want to talk about oh, yes. was... 7,000 members. Oh, fuck yeah. In our group. Our group that we refer to as the Facebook group, all of the mystery hour. Search for it. Join it. There's 7,000 other people in there. That's just so wild to me. I know. So I, crazy. Um, I feel like it was hovering near 7,000 yeah, for so long and I was like, when's that going to happen? And now it's happened. I'm like, why is this happening? <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it's still nice and fun in there. There's a lot of... Um, People share interesting links, funny memes. Sometimes we just go in there and talk. About nothing. About nothing. <laughs> Irrelevant things like blue healers. Yeah. It's cheese. become like blue healers, cheese, dogs, cats. Yep. What else are we allowed? Keanu Reeves. There was a lot of footy. Footy. Oh, I would like to thank everyone for their support of the Giants. Oh, yeah. You're drinking out of an orange cup. Is that intentional? Mm-mm. I'm... Yeah, I'm not, like, wearing my orange anymore. You're sad about your orange. Um, Did you burn it? I didn't burn it. There were Richmond fans burning Giants scarves in the street. Which Very I think is a little bit excessive. Demonic behaviour. It's, like, not like one step away soccer from, like, in the UK. Like, like, calm down. Molotov cocktails into people's windows. Yeah, it was... like, fuck the Giants. It was a bit weird. But, yes, it was fun for a while there, the group, with everyone jumping on the bandwagon. Um... So that'll happen again next year when yep. the season starts again. And they made it to the, the grand now, final. They did. But for now, it's not so much footy chat. But it was really footy chat there for a while, yeah. which was great. Um, so, yeah, join because we love it. Yeah, it's and fun. there's so many people in there and they're all our friends. Yes. <laughs> Literally. Um, I was actually going to read a bad review out as a funny. Well, someone joined today and they've only just started listening. Yeah. And it was back when we used to read bad reviews which we haven't given them a lot of airtime lately no and i think it's kind of because we don't want people to go like oh lol i'm gonna make a bad review so they read it because like please don't ever do that please don't upset us <laughs> um, <laughs> we actually have had people. heaps of like good ones lately um but then i did enjoy this one because i was really confused by who this person would be so the thing was come on girls kmmlj was the person mm-hmm. And it's one star, obviously. <laughs> and it says, I love the topics and love pedestrian TV, but 
but you girls are worse than listening to my 14-year-old and her friends talk rubbish on the phone. <laughs> you have a really cool opportunity to have an awesome podcast. It shouldn't be this painful for the listeners. And it's sort of like my thing here was firstly, <laughs> I don't know why she likes pedestrian TV because I feel like everything we bullshit about is very – Yes. We're, all we're we very do is on bullshit brand. on the website. Mm-hmm. We just do this on the website mm-hmm. and we're not doing this. But also – at this point, it's kind of like, maybe it's painful for you. That's fine. Mm. But there's a thousand people on here that are, it's not yeah. painful for. So like. <laughs> You're in the minority there, doll. Like scroll around. Yeah. There's a lot of really nice reviews. Exactly. And then I have one more funny one, which is right underneath it. Okay. It just is full stop is the title of it. It says Spotify made me do it. Four stars. Four. This okay. is what is so, conf- get ready for this, right? Great podcast. Best used to fill the silence while wasting time on everyone's third favorite dating app, Hinge, because <laughs> oh yeah, if you're not in the group, you wouldn't know this, but I started putting on my dating app bio, go and give All Aussie Mystery Hour five stars on um, Bumble. iTunes oh, yeah. and say Mel's Hinge brought me here or Mel's Bumble brought yes. me here or Mel's Tinder brought me here. And I was just like on every single one of my apps is literally this like sad shout out to do it. But it's kind of like you've done that, but you've given me four stars. (laughs) That's just not cool. That's just mean. (laughs) And you're not even identifying yourself. So it's like, I don't even know. We don't even know who you are. You can end up marrying this person through meeting them on Hinge. And imagine if then they were like, I'm Spotify made me do it. I'd have to break up with them immediately. You'd know that they only gave you four stars, which is so offensive i hate the most offensive i'd rather have one star than four stars because at least one star you're like making a decision (laughs) four stars is like "Mm, i'm still gonna go and vote for it but i'm gonna give it a sort of a sort of lukewarm review Yeah, it's very tepid i don't like it anyway i thought that was funny because it's like my my whole point was give us five stars not four that's not helped at all hinge guy i've got a variety of biscuits here I've had some really like chaotic biscuit buying energy lately. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I bought a packet of Kingston's. Then I, this is not sponsored by Arnott's by the way, but it should be because it's what I've been eating. Yeah. Kingston's. Then I bought caramel crowns, oh, which I love. And then. Weird one to just buy. That's one that just appears in the office kitchen. I know, but I bought there. it. I saw it and I, I was like, really? I want that. <laughs> I want it. And then someone sent us Tim Tams today. An assortment. It's like the the <laughs> deluxe. You know how you get the like yes. cream one, and then yes. you get the sad one. I yes. love the sad one. I love all Arnott's biscuits. Yeah. that's my take. Did, I went to like. Did you ever go to like? Hmm, you did. I don't think you did. But I used to go to like Sunday school, like pre my born again church. Days. I went once with a friend. Okay, well there you go. So did you ever go to like stand and there were the polystyrene cups mm-hmm. and you'd make your little tea. Like that Alcoholics then, Anonymous yes, in movies. Yes. And some little bitty would put like 40 gallons of sugar in it. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. there would be the little assortment of the cheap Arnott's yes. biscuits. And yep. you would be like, oh my God, I'm going to have a milk arrowroot <laughs> and the little bear. The bear. And I'm going to have a little <laughs> nice biscuit or niece biscuit. I don't know. I think it's niece. Yeah, whatever. I mean, mm. they're also Scotch nice. finger. Scotch and a Scotch finger, and I would take one of every single one <laughs> and then go sit down. And Scotch fingers were the best because it was like you're getting two biscuits. Two biscuits. Yeah. Always <laughs> the smart person's choice. Everyone, like every smart enterprising kid, would get yes. the Scotch finger. It's like every smart enterprising kid got Bubble O Bill mm, because it was like it was two treats. Two in one. treats. I'm yeah. gonna eat my fucking ice cream. <laughs> then I'm gonna chew my bubble gum. Yeah. Genius. Fuck you, Kate, who you're an idiot who always bought the Monaco bar. Stupid. What what kid eats a Monaco bar? Kate. Such a weirdo. Fucking 
undeserving of the nickname Meso. She doesn't listen, so we can just bitch about it until the mm. cows come home. I'm so excited about today's case. Yes, you've been excited all week, so I'm excited due to you being excited. So in the tradition of Mel not telling me last week what she was doing, I decided to pick a case and not tell her and then just <laughs> be really excited about it um, and then reveal it to her on yep. the podcast. So I'm going to do it now. I'm revealing okay. it now. I'm doing... Malaysian Airlines MH370. Fuck off, you are not. I'm this doing is it. so exciting. This is why it took me so long to research. Yeah. I was like, it'll be fine. I'll just go really briefly into the actual like crash, the incident. Yeah. And then I'll just go into theories, but you can't because <laughs> there's so many weird things that happen with the actual flight. Oh my God, I'm so excited. Um, I have so many credits, which makes up for last time when I had no yes. credits. Well, because it's newer, so you yes. there's so much stuff to, whereas when it's ye oldie times or like whatever, it's just Wikipedia. It is. Um, and But also when I did the Bogle Chandler, I was just like, it's a live show. I don't need that's credits. True. And I was, that's not true. You still need to I know, but that was pre us really giving a shit, to be honest. Yes. <laughs> and now we know the importance of credits. So CNN article, which was a timeline, timelines saved my life with this one. January 2017, no byline. ABC News article, another timeline, March 2015, no byline. Guys, put bylines on yeah. your stories. They're great. Now you don't get credit. <laughs> oh, you know, Sophie Monk. <laughs> <laughs> Sophie Monk's just writing timelines of MH370. Sophie, Sophie Monk's like this closet MH370 <laughs> Truth <up>. expert. <laughs> <laughs> writing for all these websites. Um, a Reuters article from March 2014 by Anshuman Daga and Siva Govindasamy. The Independent, March 2019 by Simon Calder, The Guardian. Oh, I'm going to say Simon Cowell. <laughs> Simon <just then>. Cowell. <laughs> all the music reality TV show people are here. The Guardian, March 2019 by Naaman Zhao. Wired, March 2015, Jordan Golson. Gorka, March 2014, Taylor Berman. And Business Insider, August 2018, Sinead Baker. There's a lot. Yes. I also have a couple of interesting articles that I don't actually use as, like I didn't get facts from them, but they're mm. really good long reads. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to put them in the in the show notes as well. Um, but I'll refer to them later. So, oh my God, let's dive in. Let's <laughs> We're going to be here all fucking night. So, Malaysian Airlines Flight 370. This is all the boring this is what kind of plane it was. Yeah. It was a Boeing 777. Okay. <laughs> plane. Yeah. <laughs> bound for Beijing, China. It was From ske- where? I'm about to tell oh, you. It was sorry. scheduled to depart <laughs> Kuala Lumpur International Airport. Okay. At 35 minutes past midnight, which is so wild to me. They have no curfew. They just yes. seem to fly all night yes. long. Yes. So weird. Um, so that was local time and it was expected to arrive at Beijing Capital International Airport at 6.30am. It was carrying 227 passengers, 10 cabin crew members and two pilots, a total of 239 people. So out of those passengers, 153 were Chinese, 50 were Malaysian, 7 were Indonesian, 6 were Australian and the rest of the passengers were like kind of one person from here, yeah. two people from yeah. here, Canada, France, India, Iran, the Netherlands, New Zealand, Russia, Taiwan, the Ukraine and America. So I know it didn't happen in Australia. Yes. <laughs> There's a few ties to Australia <laughs> though. One being six people were Australian. Yes. Good, good stuff. I'll continue to, to 
tie it back and justify it throughout the case as much as I can. But I know none of you really care. No one gives a shit. No one's really They literally want us to say like, who was that person in the group (laughs) obsessed with this energy saying the mystery is how could this ever happen? How could someone do this to another person? And I was like like a solved murder. I love you, but no. I draw Um, the line at at theorising about people's intentions yeah that's not a mystery yeah <laughs> because we just know that they're psychos yeah that's <laughs> but i like the energy yeah i'm here for that um we did kind of box ourselves in we did <laughs> calling it all as a mystery hour <laughs> um but i feel like this ties back enough and people are just interested so no one's gonna care yeah the flight was captained by an experienced pilot zahari ahmed shah he was 53 and had been a pilot with malaysian airlines since 1981 Mm-hmm. And according to good old Wikipedia, he had 18,365 hours of flying experience. Wow. Okay. So he really knows his shit. So that's a lot. Um, his first officer was Farik Abdul Hamid. He was 27. He'd been a pilot since 2007. This happened in 2014, by mm. the way. And he had 2,763 hours of flying experience. So not obviously not as much. No, but, but still, still seven years. Yeah. So... There was a normal boarding, nothing weird happened. The flight took off from runway 32R at 42 minutes past midnight. So, you know, seven minutes late, but yeah. I feel like that's pretty standard. Yeah. Um, takeoff occurred as normal and the pilots updated air traffic control of their status as they reached 35,000 feet, which is like the cruising altitude. I can't believe I'm doing another plane yeah. <laughs> mystery. I'm now the fucking expert. <laughs> I know that that's three. Like... This is three now, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's three. I'm the aviation enthusiast. <laughs> I've gone from aquatic mystery. This is also an aquatic mystery. Yeah, it is. It's an aviation and an aquatic <laughs> mystery. It's a mix of things. Um, the plane gave an automated position report at 1.06am Malaysian time. And that data detailed how much fuel the plane had left, which was 43,800 kilograms. Mm. So I need to stop here and just be like, this is my thing with flying. Oh, it upsets me, yes. I just don't understand how. I don't. <laughs> a plane can stay in the air yes. when it weighs that much. And it's just those tiny little jet thingies I on the wings. I don't understand it. It's just the wing things. <laughs> like how? It's just those things on the wings. They don't even shoot fire. No. Like if, just... you, if you shot fire, I'd maybe believe you, like rockets do. Mm. You know? I just don't. It's almost like it's fake. It maybe this is like the, the Truman Show to us being in the simulation. Yeah, you know? like it's not happening. Like you're just in a fake plane that they use in like a movie or whatever. Maybe this is we've solved it. <laughs> is that no flying is real? And this, this was didn't like happen. a glitch. There was a glitch. It's just a and plot then they line. Just had to like vaporate, vaporize the entire <laughs> plane and all its passengers and crew because they were like, we can't let yeah. this get out. I don't know, but... I mean, let's come back to that as a theory later, it but... It fucking I just agree. creeps me out. So it's when weird. I'm on a plane, I just can't think about that. Yeah. I like to sit in the aisle for a couple of reasons. One is because I like to pee a lot mm-hmm. on the plane. I drink a lot of water. I like to get up. I get swollen feet, even when I'm not pregnant. I like to get up and down. The second reason is if I look out the window, <laughs> I'm just like, what the fuck? How? How? How are yeah. we up here? Like, how are we staying up here? Yeah. Are we just going to drop? <laughs> yeah. I just, I can't. So that's why I think this story fascinates me so much yeah. because I do have this fear. Well, it's the worst fear. It, 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 it happens sometimes yeah. and that this is an example of it happening. Um, so there was a verbal signal to air traffic control from Captain Zahari at 1.19am. So that 
I've looked into that. Mm -hmm. So basically when you're passing through um, airspace, mm -hmm. they tell you to switch over. So Kuala Lumpur said to change over to Ho Chi Minh City instead of oh, Kuala right, Lumpur. Oh, right, yeah, because they're over that airspace. Because you're going in there. So geographical Josie, if you're looking at a map and Kuala Lumpur is in the middle at the bottom, the plane's heading up and to the right, like okay. northeast. Yeah to reach China. So that's yeah. the direction it was going. So there's a transcript of that last verbal communication. So Kuala Lumpur, Malaysian 370, contact Ho Chi Minh 120 decibel 9, good night. Flight 370, and this was Zahari talking. Good night, Malaysian 370. Yeah. And like <laughs> in this article I was reading, it was like, you know, it's okay to say good night. That's what they say. Like yeah. some people were like, is that a bit informal to be like, good night. Like yeah. Apparently that's what they all say. Yeah. It's fine to say goodnight. Okay, night. good. So, yeah, because I was like, <laughs> I was like, is there something in that? Like, I think people were like, good night sounds really like final and, and like ominous. Yeah. <laughs> ominous. But that's just how they talk. Yeah. Um, so just after that verbal communication, literally like a minute later, MH370 was expected to then signal Ho Chi Minh City yeah. as they moved into Vietnam's airspace to say, hi, we're here. Probably not in those words. Yeah. But that signal never came. Shit, only a minute later. It's a minute later. So around the same time at 1.20 a.m. Malaysian time, the aircraft was spotted on radar screens in the Gulf of Thailand, which is the body of water above Malaysia and between Thailand and Vietnam. Yep. But then one minute later after that, the plane disappeared from radar screens. What? In both Malaysian and Vietnamese air traffic control centres. That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't at that all. That doesn't make any sense. So it was just like gone. No. <laughs> Horrible disappearing plane. No, I hate this. Yeah. So it stopped doing that because this thing called the transponder stopped communicating. Okay. Wait. Okay. So, so I'm going to explain. Not as weird. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to explain what that is. The transponder is a thing that sends these automated things called squawks to okay. air traffic control because they have on their screens just all these blips and they're all planes. Yeah. But these squawks are sending information. So this is the flight number. This is the altitude. This is the speed. Yeah. So they're like, oh, that's MH370, it's 3,500 feet, it's yeah, whatever. doing everything normally. But that all disappeared. Yeah. Um, so in the CNN article, CNN's aviation and airline correspondent. So someone that actually knows yeah, what they're talking about. Yeah. An actual job where they just <laughs> like talk about that. A expert, yeah. <laughs> His name's Richard Quest, mm -hmm. which always makes me laugh when someone's name is Richard anything like his name is Dick Quest. Oh, yeah. Totally. I thought you were saying it's funny because he's like Quest, like air flight. And no. No, Dick the Quest. Dick, the, the childish option. He's on, a, he's on a Dick Quest. There was a um, politician in Newcastle whose name was Richard Face. <laughs> oh, my God. He's just – why would you even go into I know. politics? You're just asking How for it, honey. Not? Just, just add like a – add a letter. Yeah. Like Face. Yeah, Dick, Dick Face and – Facen. 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 Just Faces. put an N on the end. Facen. Facen. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's not face anymore and then you're fine. Then you're fine. But then you went into politics as Dick Face. Yes. And just generally I just think politics wasn't the right way to go unless no. you wanted to make yourself like Harry Face. Mm. Just change your whole name. Use your middle name. Yeah. Whatever that is. This is why celebrities do it. Yeah. Sometimes. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so Dick Quest explains <laughs> Now the plane is flying blind from the ground's point of view If there's radar there, the radar will see a blip 
but they won't know who it is, where they're going. They'll just now know it's there. The air traffic controller should notice. I would suppose it would cause alarm. The information from a plane that you're monitoring all of a sudden disappears. And he adds in this article that turning off the transponder is as simple as flicking a switch in the cockpit. Oh, now, he's okay. not saying that's what happened. But that could but be what happened. He's saying it could happen. Yeah. So at 1.28, a Thai radar station in Surathani no, province mm-hmm. picked up an unknown aircraft flying in a direction opposite to what MH370 right. had been travelling. At around 1.30, according to Wikipedia, the captain of another aircraft attempted to contact the crew of MH370 using the international air distress frequency to relay Vietnamese air traffic control's request for the crew to contact them. But the captain said he was able to establish contact, but he only heard mumbling and static. Oh. No distress signal was issued by the crew or the aircraft. But he heard mumbling. But he heard like, he couldn't make out any sounds. It was just yeah. like static and like mumbling sounds. That's weird. I'm creeped out. Yeah. So at 2.15, Malaysian military radar was able to pick up the plane and found it passing over the small island of Pulau Perak in the Strait of Malacca. So if we're now imagining that on the geographical Josie map yeah, and we were heading um, to the right and up, mm-hmm. it's now way over to the left. And going down. Kind of like to the left and straight Okay, right. So it was hundreds of kilometres off course. It was... It had actually flown back over Malaysia, mm. um, flying like due west. And that was the last time any civilian or military radar is known to have tracked the aircraft. Wow. So they could see a plane. Yeah. And they weren't sure because it wasn't transponding the actual Yeah, so it was name. just unidentified It was an unidentified craft. craft. Yeah. So they're just using like a, it seems logical that yeah. that was the plane. Yeah. Um, then at 2.40 Malaysian time... Malaysian air traffic control told Malaysian airlines that their plane had disappeared from the radar. And at this point, the airline frantically attempted to make contact with the plane. So they contacted all other traffic control in the area, Vietnam, China, even Australia. No one had the aircraft on radar or could contact it. At 3.45am, Malaysian airlines issued a code red. And so they came under a bit of fire because there was like an hour between that. But they're saying... They wanted to make sure they couldn't make any contact at all. They, like, contacted everyone else to see if anyone else could contact yeah. the plane before they issued this code red. Well, and I also feel like, again, it's that thing where you're like, surely it's fine, surely it's fine yeah. until it's not fine. And you've <laughs> got to be all fine. the avenues. Yeah. And you're like, well, this plane's nowhere. Yeah. Um, so it's 6.30 a.m. on March 8th. Malaysian Airlines Flight 370 was scheduled to touch down in Beijing. Mm-hmm. But as we all know, it did not. Mm-hmm. Less than an hour later, Malaysian Airlines announced via their Facebook page wow. that the flight was lost. What? On Facebook? Yeah. Hey, guys, just an update. <laughs> We've lost a plane. We've lost it. Um, and that I remember that being the wording, that it was lost. Yeah. Which at the time was so weird, but they... It wasn't like it crashed. The, the weather was normal. The weather yeah. was fine. Yeah, there was no, there was like, n- reasonable excuse for what's going on. And they didn't know if, you know, there'd been an incident, like a yeah explosion or anything like that. They just said it was lost. And then it was on, I've written here, like Donkey Kong. Yeah. So full-scale search and rescue operation was launched by Malaysia, focusing on the waters between southern Vietnam and Malaysia. Their government deployed 15 Air Force aircraft, six Navy ships and three Coast Guard vessels. 
Australia helped out by offering up two RAF maritime surveillance aircraft for their search. And basically in the hours after the plane went missing, um, satellites, so satellites exist up in the sky and they can try and make contact with planes. Yeah. And it's like no one has to be doing the communication back from the plane. They just kind of like can track it and it like pings. Yeah. It was way west of where it was supposed to be headed, basically. Yeah. So then they um, extended the search to the west of Malaysia and Thailand um, and it ended up being a 190-kilometre radius of the last known position. Wow, yeah. I mean, this is the difficulty with planes, isn't it, is it could be literally anywhere. And so they've just got to kind of like hope for the best in a small in context. Yeah. Kind of amount of room. And that part of – that body of water isn't that big, like where they were searching. It's like surrounded by land. So they had a pretty controlled area where they were looking. But later it changed. Yeah. Which I'll get into. But there are a couple of false leads on the day. So there were oil slicks spotted off Vietnam on March 9th and 10th. And they were like investigated but they tested negative for aviation fuel. Chinese satellite images taken on March 9th showed large objects measuring around 20 metres floating in the sea east of Malaysia and south of Cambodia, but a search of that area failed to find those objects. By the end of March 9th, according to Wikipedia, 40 aircraft and more than two dozen vessels from several nations were involved in the search, and a week later, 11 nations were involved. And at its peak, the search had personnel from 26 countries taking part with 60 ships and 50 aircraft deployed. So according to a Reuters article, on March 14th, Malaysian Prime Minister Najib Razak said that investigators believe somebody deliberately cut off the plane's communication reporting system. Right, so from inside the plane. From inside the plane, switched off the transponder and steered it west, far from its scheduled route. Mm. Around this time, police searched Captain Zahari's home looking for evidence that he could have been involved in foul play. And investigators also looked at the co-pilot, the crew and passengers for a history of militant links or psychological problems that could explain a motive for sabotaging the flight. They couldn't find anything. Yeah. The Prime Minister said in his press conference, quote, in view of this latest development, the Malaysian authorities have refocused their investigation into the crew and passengers on board. Despite media reports the plane was hijacked, I wish to be very clear, we're still investigating all possibilities as to what caused MH370 to deviate. On March 18, the search moved to off the coast of WA. That's the next it's link. Australia again. <laughs> to Australia. I've written here, this is the flimsy connection yeah. I have used to make an episode of All Aussie Mystery Hour. So the reason for that was those satellite pings. So different places were then reporting that they had pinged a flight in this area. Yeah. So at first they didn't know, like, it was all just kind of, you know, computers doing their thing and it was all normal. But then when they heard that a flight had gone missing, they went back and looked. Yeah. And they could track it to like further down in the Indian Ocean off WA. So the area that the search was concentrated on fell about 3,000 kilometres off the coast of Perth. According to the ABC News timeline, the Australian Maritime Safety Authority said the search zone would cover six. 600,000 square kilometres of ocean. I think that's supposed to be 60,000. Yeah. Um, sounds, that sounds Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and was plotted using data based on the satellite signals sent by the plane. The sheer size of the search area meant it would take weeks to carry it out. <clears throat> on March 25th, Prime Minister Razak, in another press conference, 
officially confirmed that MH370 had crashed in the southern Indian Ocean, killing all 239 people on board. And there's these horrible photos of the loved ones. Yeah. Like crying and they were really... Um, I remember the newspaper Yeah. There was a lot of controversy because the Malaysian government and Malaysian airlines weren't very forthcoming with information. Mm. And... Obviously, I didn't, they yeah, didn't like know what did they have? where it was. or yeah. But the loved ones just saw it as, you know, they were hiding something from them. And yeah. they, they wanted more. They wanted more. They wanted to be more involved. Um, and it was just the Prime Minister giving these sporadic press conferences. And, like, they'd find stuff out then. Yeah. So there was a lot of criticism towards them around the time. So he, well, the government came to that conclusion after satellite pings were analysed showing that the plane continued flying for hours after it disappeared from its flight path. Wow. So there are so many details about the search, which ended up going for literal years, so I'm just going to really do the basics. Yeah. The aerial search was suspended on April 30, the same year. They also did back... How long is that after the... Uh, like almost two months. Yeah, okay. They also did bath... I don't know if I'm saying this right. Just go for Bathymetric it. surveys. I love that. Sounds very <laughs> real. So they analyse the depths of the ocean. Oh, yes. Okay. To see if they can pick up objects that are lying. Yeah. The, the ocean, we've talked about it. Yeah. It's so oh, fucking deep no, and scary. That's scarier to me than flying. Yes. What's down there? No like, one knows. there's a literal plane in the ocean somewhere. I know. Wool is there. <laughs> But yes, it, there would be a literal plane down there somewhere. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, there's plenty of shit down there. So these surveys happened off the coast of Fremantle in late 2014. And then an underwater search began in October 2014. And that went until January 2017. Right. And you probably remember it was just... Yeah, it just kept going. Constant updates of like, nothing yet. Yeah. <laughs> um, in total, 120,000 square kilometres of ocean was searched and the aircraft was not located. So a second search was launched in January 2018 by a private contractor called Ocean Infinity, but it ended after six months with no success. Yeah. The search for MH370 is the largest and most expensive search operation in aviation history. Oh. Now, there have been signs of the plane. Okay. This is what I was going to ask because I feel like there's always like hints of signs, but I actually don't keep track of it. Yes. So I was... I was like, how did I miss this? Because in 2015, a piece of flapperon, mm. I had to look this up. I don't know what a yeah, flapperon I, is. I thought you were saying that like <laughs> I would know what it was. So you know the wings <laughs> yeah. when you look out when you're sitting in a window seat yeah. and you don't have like anxiety. Yeah. You know those bits that just yeah. kind of move yeah. as the plane moves? That's a flapperon. Okay, right, right, right. So a piece of that washed up on a beach in St. Andre and Reunion Island in the Indian Ocean. Okay. About 4,000 kilometres west of the main search area. Yeah. Um, serial numbers on the debris linked it with certainty to MH370. Ah, okay. So they know it's part of it. Um, and throughout 2015 and 16, several pieces of debris have washed up on Reunion, Mozambique and in South Africa. Wow. They've all been linked to MH370 after being inspected by a Malaysian and also... Australian authorities. Australian Another link. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the bulk of the plane and the bodies of the passengers, yeah. they've been lost forever. Yeah. So even from those bits of debris, a bit of a report I was reading was saying they still think it might have it might have remained whole 
basically. Oh, and just sunk all the way yeah, down. Yeah, but like bits have come off. What? Yeah. But then where are the people? I That's don't know. Weird. I don't know. We don't know. That's the mystery. It's weird. Um, yes. So there's a real one of the articles that I was talking about at the start is a great long read by the Atla- um, in the Atlantic about MH370 and about particularly about these pieces um, washing up in Africa. Yeah. It's really interesting. So I'll put it in the show notes and I'll put it in the group. So that's the bare bones of the actual incident and the search and the bits that have showed up. I could do a lot more, but it was just very long. But I think we're all here to hear about the theories. Uh, we are 100% <laughs> here to hear about the theories. Okay. So there's – I've Tell me what creepy um, underground <laughs> sort of – Gangster Atlantis. connection um, <laughs> has, has done this. Aquaman. Um, Aquaman did it. So I've split it into standard theories okay. and batshit theories. Beautiful. We'll start with standard. Yeah, let's start with the boring shit. So <laughs> pilot suicide. Okay. So you might remember a year after MH370, a bit over a year, there was that German wings plane where the pilot deliberately brought it down. He locked his co-pilot out of the cockpit and he flew the plane into a mountainside. Oh, I do remember that, actually. It was just like that. There was that spate of awful... Yeah. There was this, MH370. Yeah. There was MH17. The one that got 17. shot out of the sky. Yep. Yeah. There was this. Like, it was just... Yeah, <laughs> it, was it was horrific. like a lot. And I really felt bad for Malaysia Airlines because they had the two. They had two. And it was like that second one, 100% wasn't that their was fault. That was not their fault. Nothing to do with them. Um, that one's horrible. I mean, it's all horrible, but... It's all horrible. But and like, this this one I'm talking about is as well. Like, yeah. you know, he, he was suicidal, he had suicidal thoughts and yeah. mental health issues, but then he took a whole plane down. Yeah, that's what I just can't get my head around that because I, it's obviously like I have a lot of empathy for people that have suicidal thoughts, mm. but then I'm like, but then you killed yourself and all these people mm. that didn't want to die. Yeah. So like that's a homicide not that I want as well. you to die, yeah. but don't also then put other people's, like, make decisions for other people, I suppose. Yeah, 150 people. It's horrible. Anyway, there were theories that co-pilot Shah, who seemed, I think they looked into Zahari and he seemed a bit more, like, balanced than Shah, who there was conflicting things about what he was like as a person. No mental health issues, nothing like that. Yes, yes. so there were theories that he had locked Zahari out of the cockpit, switched off the communication system, put on an oxygen mask and depressurised the aircraft so that at an altitude higher than Everest, the passengers and other crew would perish from oxygen deficiency. What? But he wouldn't. Why would he do that? Um, then the theory was that he flew the plane off course where he believed it would never be found. What? As like a way of committing suicide. Okay. But the theory is being debunked by people who knew both the pilots. Neither of them showed any signs of depression, suicidal thoughts or changes in behaviour before the flight. And experts have pointed out it would be unusual to fly for so many hours after enacting yeah. that plan. Like yeah. with the German one, it was he just did it straight away. Yeah. As soon as he had control of the plane, he flew it into a mountain. Yeah. yeah. So that one doesn't really... Yeah, I mean, I don't know that you can rationalise necessarily like a suicidal person's Mm -hmm. brain. And I also do think that as much as looking at patterns in their behaviour is important, at the same time, how many times do we hear, he was such a nice man. Mm -hmm. He just always seemed like such a nice man. Like people can hide their shit. And it's also like, you know, don't quote me on this, but it's also been proven in many circumstances that people who do decide 
to kill themselves, go into a weird, calm, yes, like because they can see the end, yeah, like demeanor, mm. so they seem fine mm. or whatever. So it's like I don't, like I, I, I don't necessarily think that's the main, my main theory that I'm going to hinge my belief on. But mm-hmm. I can well, there's see many it's more still happening. Oh, I'm excited. Um, so. Ha- so there's a few hijacking theories. Mm-hmm. Hijack by the pilot. So another theory is that one or both of the pilots actually intended to hijack the plane and land it safely, mm-hmm. but might have been unable to enact that plan because of hypoxia, which is either when you lose consciousness or die because you don't have enough right. oxygen. So according to the Independent, investigators said, there is no evidence to suggest that the pilot in command and first officer experienced recent changes or difficulty in personal relationships. Or that there were conflicts or problems between them. There'd been no financial stress, stress, stress or impending insolvency, recent or additional insurance coverage purchased or recent behavioural changes for the crew. So there was no like, you know, we see so many, oh, and then they took out a life insurance policy. Yeah, and, yes, the old life insurance policy. Um, the investigators analyze both pilots' radio conversations and say they detected no evidence of anxiety or stress in their Mm -hmm. voices. They also added, it is not possible to deactivate automatic deployment of the masks from the cockpit. So those masks that fall down when when cabin pressure drops, there's no way to stop them from falling. So there's no way to kind of make everyone else die or pass out. Right, okay. They'll always fall. Yeah, they'll always fall. And also that would have given other crew members time to like raise an alarm yeah if you know the, there was a sudden drop yeah um i don't think they just straight away i think they have to raise some kind of alarm before yes, they're right they've got different rules to what we all have to do yes um so that is kind of like the debunking of that they yeah. just don't think that that would have been possible from the cockpit hijacked by a passenger or a member of the crew right so all the passengers were looked into and you might remember two Iranian passengers were travelling on stolen passports. Ah, oh, yes, that's right. So one was stolen from an Italian person and one was from an Austrian resident. But they looked into those people and it kind of indicated they were illegal migrants. Not, not like, like militant people. Yeah. Um, that, that were, quote, keen to reach the West rather than harbouring any malicious intent. Mm-hmm. That's from the Independent, that quote. So all the crew members were married with kids, which makes them statistically less likely to carry out this kind of act. And no militant or extremist groups has ever come forward to take responsibility for the incident, which is really important to remember because they love to brag about that. They do. They love to even claim things they didn't do. Yes. And no one has, like no one has claimed this. So it just seems like for such a big incident and like a... A kind of a very grandiose plan. Well, it's a very terrorizing incident yeah. as well. Like it did strike fear into a lot of people. If they're not claiming it, yeah. It what probably, was the point? Yeah, there was no point to doing it. Um, so no one has in five years hijacked remotely. Oh, oh. Um, this is getting weirder and weirder. Yeah, really, a lot, like line them up. Yeah, from like this is where it starts bore, to get most weird. boringest theory to like. <laughs> Starting to get wild. (laughs) Um, So the independent reports that in 2003, Boeing, the manufacturer of the plane, patented a remote control takeover of aircraft designed to actually stop hijack attempts. So the the idea was that if someone like stormed the cockpit, they could enact this thing where they would be like, we can't control the plane anymore. The ground is controlling it. So then like the hijacker with like the gun to the pilot's head or whatever. 
Yeah. That wouldn't achieve anything because yeah. the pilot no longer has control. Yeah. So then the thought was that maybe someone used that from the ground. Ah, right. Like enacted that so the pilots couldn't do anything. Yeah, and so then they're controlling the plane and where it goes. But why? That theory was debunked because oh. even though it was patented, it never came into effect. Oh, okay. So it doesn't okay. actually exist. Right. <clears throat> but like people found out about it. We're like, that's what's happened. And oh, Boeing right. were like, we never did that. Yeah. It was a thought that we had. But it's We thought not that could be quite clever. Yeah. But it doesn't exist. Yeah. And it didn't exist on this plane. So it couldn't have been done. Yeah. Um, but it was kind of a cool theory. Yeah. In theory. Um, a mass hypoxia event. So hypoxia is obviously the loss of oxygen. So this theory poses that some kind of incident on the plane, mm-hmm. a fire a malfunction, even some kind of accident, mm. caused the pilots to divert off course to make an emergency landing. Ah, uh, okay. But as the theory goes, the accident or whatever happened caused this mass hypoxia event, meaning everyone was knocked out, including the pilots. So then they would just And then it just slowly went on autopilot yeah. till it ran out of fuel and crashed into the Indian Ocean. Yeah. Somewhere off the coast of WA, um, which is in keeping with the ocean current patterns that took the debris up to... Reunion. It is in keeping. Yeah. 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 Um, and also in keeping with the amount of fuel the plane was yeah. carrying. So and they're able to. That, the hours of rando flying. Yes. Yeah, so they were able to kind of triangulate, I guess, the amount of hours, the amount of fuel, and that's how they found the search area. Yeah. Interestingly, this is actually the current working theory of both the Malaysian government yeah. and the Australian Transport Safety well, I was Bureau. Well, say it does seem. That's what they think likely. happened. Um, the next theory is called a controlled ditching. Okay. So the problem with the fuel just ran out theory that yeah. I just talked about is that they were able to pinpoint about how far they think it travelled, but it wasn't found there. So another theory posed by former pilot Simon Hardy is that the pilot was awake and actually guiding the plane in a long glide once it started like a to... slow descent yeah. into the ocean. Um, right. Once it started to run out of fuel, meaning it could have flown further than that fuel exhaustion point. Ah, uh, because they, he, was, he was like using it sparingly. Yes, and he yeah. could. So they, they think... But wait, it, is this like everyone's gone in the hypoxia except for the pilot? Yeah. An episode of 60 Minutes claimed that the flight's captain, Zahari, deliberately knocked everyone out like in an earlier theory okay. and did this controlled ditching on purpose. Why would he do that? I don't know. Why 60 Minutes? I don't know. Give 60 me minutes. a reason. That um, seems very illogical and stupid. I think it's like too easy to point the finger at the pilots. Yes. And also I just think, okay, like cool, maybe the pilots did something. Mm. But in that scenario with the controlled ditching, mm. it's like if you were going to do that, why would that be how you went down? Like a yeah. slow glide into exactly. the ocean. What? And that was the point of that other, the other experts saying usually be a lot quicker if they were going to do. Yeah something where they just wanted to end their lives and everyone's yeah. they wouldn't just slowly yeah. <laughs> glide for seven hours or yeah, whatever like it was. Why are you sitting there? Yeah. Like the, 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 that's usually the thing in general with suicides is that mm. it's not when, when there's all this time to like consider what you're doing. Mm-hmm. That's when people back out. Yeah. So seven hours is a long time, particularly if nothing's already happening to mm. you. Like obviously if you take pills or whatever, those different stories. But yeah. yeah. So it, d- it doesn't make sense. Um, at an appearance before the Australian, another link, yep. Senate, <laughs> an ATSB official named, sorry, that's the Australian 
Travel Transport oh. Safety Bureau. <laughs> um, ATSB official named Peter Foley debunked this theory, saying Zahari was, and I'm quoting him here, 53 and overweight. <laughs> Which isn't very nice. And would have been knocked out if he tried this or any attempt to knock his crew out would have given himself decompression sickness. Ah, okay. He also rejected the long glide or controlled ditching, saying that ATSB data from 2017 already proved the plane was high up in its final moments. Oh, okay. So the slow graduate. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, All right. Are you ready for batshit theories? So excited for them. What is our number one theory whenever we have any any kind of mystery? Harold Holt. The Russians. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Glenn Ellis did it. <laughs> the Russians. But also the Russians. And I was like, you know, when you said there was a Russian on board, mm-hmm. what did I think, Josie? What did I the think? Russian I thought did the it. Russian fucking did it. <laughs> so there's an article in New York Magazine. I didn't read it because I was running out of time. Oh, naturally. But Wired summarized it for me, which I was nice. Love you, Wired. I'm putting the New York Magazine link in because apparently it's a good read. Yeah. But the theory goes Russian agents oh, I love this so <laughs> were much. on the plane. Yeah. They broke into the electronics bay, which is near the first class cabin. Okay. They faked some of the data that led investigators to believe that it went towards the Indian Ocean. So that whole thing of where it suddenly went west. It didn't go west. It didn't go west. They were just hacking the mainframe. they Think it went west. Think it went west, guys. Yeah, like okay. let's just hacking pretend. the mainframe. They hacked the mainframe, main did they? And they. <laughs> What's the mainframe? I don't know. What is the mainframe? It's just what you say. In it is a, what you say in an eighties action movie. I know. where the Russians do things like this. So they they faked it to make people believe that's where it went to throw people off the trail. Oh. So Jeff Wise, the writer of the piece, yeah. says that instead of that direction, it actually flew to Kazakhstan. Oh. And was hidden on land, like it, oh, like like it safely landed, it. and they took it. Why? Well, as Wired says, quote, it's a well-researched piece that doesn't prove anything. Oh. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're kind of like, this is what happened. But then we've never heard of it again. So yeah. <laughs> but I like it because then it makes more sense and then you could just go throw some bits into the ocean if you mm-hmm. wanted to like, like oh let's break off this flapper on and shuck yeah, it in. like let's make everyone shut up like so. what are the chances of it washing up you know yeah on the shore let's just put it someone just goes Island. and swims underwater with like a little scuba suit yeah and then just like pops it into a wave like yeah. a meter from shore <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then a like, kid walks i was off. just walking oh. here and it just showed up and the kid's like mom a small man dressed in a little black suit gave this to me and the mom's like okay okay timmy, timmy what you actually <laughs> saw was just a fish yeah and uh you've gotten confused but timmy wasn't but timmy confused. knows timmy, timmy fucking knows. knows i love that this african boy named timmy and also that <laughs> he Timmy. was talking in like a sort of quasi-American accent. <laughs> Maybe he was a tourist. Maybe he was a tourist. The article's really interesting about the kids finding the things. Um, so that's the Russians. Yes. The Americans. <gasps> Whoa, why would they do it? So there's a small island. Actually, in- <laughs> why wouldn't they do it? <laughs> I don't know why I decided the Russians can be dodgy <laughs> and They're North fine. Americans. It's because American <laughs> movies have trained us to believe exactly, that. Exactly, I'm conditioned. Russians, bad. Americans, good. Yeah. Remember that. Yeah. Basically, yeah. there's a small island in the middle of the Indian Ocean yeah. called Diego Garcia. 
I love that. Why is um, it called that? I don't know. It's quite <laughs> a sexy name. Why is it a name? human name? Why is there a, a sexy, human sexual a name? Sexy island in the middle of the Indian Ocean. <laughs> it's a U.S. military base. Ooh, that's even sexier. It's like a sexy intelligence secret, island. like Pine Gap, fucking ASIO shit, but not ASIO. Whatever <laughs> they merit. CIA, CIA, shit. NSA, fucking DEA, PBC, FBI, M, Secret Service. Yeah, I mean, I was just saying letters and you were actually saying oh, real yeah. places. DOJ. That's my favorite one. Yeah. Oh, no, I like... Um, NCIS. No, what's the... What's the he- not the health one, the... Um, yeah, the health one, but in America. Um, it's called something. What is it called? <laughs> and it's in Walking Dead. They go there. Oh. You know, and they check it. Yeah. And then oh, person, in the first season? Yeah. So fucking good. Oh, fuck. I loved um, early Walking oh, Dead. Oh, my God. I'm going to rewatch it. It was so good. But oh, what is it called? Anyway, whatever. I don't know what it's called. But it's oh. The, um, it's got a cool little acronym thingy. Acronym? I'm going to Google it. I'm just Googling it because it's but bo- Is it the one in me. Contagion as well? Yes. What's um, that called? I want to work there. Health Organization. <laughs> <laughs> Why are we always Googling things all the time? I don't um, know. That's not it. PAHO. That's definitely not what it's called. It's not even the health organization. It's, it's isn't like, it like the, the infectious. Yeah, it's like the infectious like problems area. Infectious problems. Infectious. I'm literally writing infectious problem America <laughs> disease. CDC. Oh, CDC. <laughs> The Center of Disease Control. Yeah, I love it. CDC are out there also in where he Diego goes Garcia. In, is that where he goes in World War Z? Possibly. Oh, my God. I love that movie. Brad, I think Brad maybe. Pitt's hair in that movie. Brad Pitt's hair always. Brad Pitt always. <laughs> what are we talking about? Oh, <laughs> MH370. So yeah. it's a US military base. Okay. This theory poses that the plane was going to crash into it on purpose Oh, okay, in, right, a, right, in right. a kamikaze mission. Yeah. And then the US forces shot it down from the sky. Yeah. But because then they killed all these innocent people. Yeah. They faked all the satellite data like the Russians. They yes. hacked the mainframe. Yeah. Faked the satellite data. Yeah. Pretended to be as puzzled as the rest of the world. Oh, I don't Where's know. Where's the plane? Where is the plane? How we could a plane know. just disappear <laughs> like just that? Fall out of the sky. <laughs> Well, it doesn't happen. Oh, we'll help you look. Yeah. Why don't you look over here? Let's not, look not there. Up here near Thailand. Yes, <laughs> Thailand. That's where it is. Um, but as Wired points out, it's probably not very likely as it would have taken too many people to clean up that mess. Yeah, like a big dead plane in the water. Big is dead plane, lots be... of dead people. There's too much liability there of too like someone know. will say. But then it's like, you know, I do love a bit of a moon theory mm-hmm. and people love to say this, oh, too many people involved, it's too many loose ends. Yeah. But I don't know about that because if you've, if that's what your job is, mm-hmm. is literally to be a secret person. To be a secret agent. Like a shush, don't tell anyone yeah. person. That's your fucking job. You're used yeah. to it. They pay, that's why they pay them the big bucks. That is, that's why they pay them the big There's bucks. There's a lot of secrets. Because they literally can't have a real life. Yeah. <laughs> Remember Alias? Mm. Wow, this is the episode of stale it really is. references. This is, but as I've always said, this is why I couldn't be in like the CDC or the, you know, CIA or any, or ASIO because mm. I just hate having secrets from people. Yeah, and I wouldn't How many do secrets? It. You couldn't tell Julian anything. Julian would think that you mm. worked, you know, at a telemarketing agency. Yeah. 
but then you'd be like, secretly, I just saved the whole fucking world. Yeah, and you'd want to fucking brag about that. Yeah, or like, sorry, Julian, I actually shot down MH370. Yeah, I did that. But I can't tell you. But that's why I'm a bit grumpy because I'm upset that I killed yeah. 239 people. Obviously, and it was like, that's a shit thing that you had to do. You yeah. didn't want to do that. Yeah. You had to do it. You don't want to cook the fucking Hello Fresh because you had a day. Yes. You had a fucking day you and a, a half. a fucking day where you shot down a plane and you can't tell him and then yeah. you're going to have a mental breakdown. And he's like, well, I had a busy day too, babe. Like, babe, I had to sell like 10 computers <laughs> today to really shit customers. Yeah. And then you're like, well, I fucking shot a plane down. And then he's like, what? Yeah. And then and I'm like, like I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> like what? And then he's like, that's a really dark joke, Josie. I'm I don't just know why like, you're making that I'm joke. I'm just being funny. <laughs> Super funny to joke about like horrible disasters. <laughs> um. So that's why they think your house sounds terrible. It was in America uh, because (laughs) there would have been someone like me (laughs) that told someone (laughs) and no one said anything in five years. The Pakistanis. Okay. Okay. So a lot of potential. (laughs) They've just basically picked any sort of volatile slash dodgy country. Any like villainous country from a movie is (laughs) now part of this. Yeah. So a week after the plane disappeared, Rupert Murdoch oh. tweeted this. Oh, okay. World seems transfixed by a 777 disappearance. Maybe no crash, but stolen, effectively hidden. Perhaps in northern Pakistan like Bin Laden. What? <laughs> okay, Rupert. Rupert. I don't know if you should just be tweeting that shit. That's, that's real, that's like... It's pretty out there. <laughs> it's a very inflammatory statement. And just... Like, it's all full stops. Like, this is yeah. definitely what happened. It's like an old person wrote no, it as no well. No question mark of perhaps. Yeah, it's like I've decided. Perhaps it was the Pakistanis. Mm. No, it was definitely the Pakistanis. So other people also came forward at the time with theories saying the plane might have been stolen by Pakistan to be outfitted with explosives or even a nuclear weapon. But as I said before, we haven't seen such an event yeah, in no. five years. So. No. They're really like biding their time. Yeah, that's like a really <laughs> long wait to use your nuclear Like you nuclear could have saved plane. up for your own 777 in that time. Oh. If you were sensible with your money. I know. You wouldn't have had to steal, steal it. it. And draw all this attention to yourself. Oh, yes. And like meanwhile, yeah, if you just planned ahead. Okay, so who else do we like to point the finger at? Oh, okay. So it's obviously not We've Harold We've had Holt. the Russians, the Americans, the Pakistanis. I'm trying to think. Just tell me. The aliens. Oh, the aliens. <laughs> I was going for England for some reason. You were, you were, like, you were here on Earth. I was Earth. here on Earth, but I didn't go into space like I should have. You've got to go into space because, of course, Reddit is oh, the source. Sweet There's Reddit. Some seriously batshit theories about flight MH370. The very popular line of thinking being that the aliens have something to do with it, that they snatched it out of the sky, yep. hence its sudden disappearance it. from radar, but yep. then satellites tracked it for like hours. So yeah. I don't know about the snatching. Well, maybe they didn't snatch it, maybe they just controlled it from the sky yes. until the satellites weren't looking. Or that they f- somehow managed to fly it into a wormhole. Oh. So wormholes like a pretty I love common theory. A wormhole. That, that's that's why after like hours and hours, then it suddenly disappeared because it was in a wormhole. It's hole. a huge fucking plane and no one's found it. And they've yeah. searched a lot of area. Like I know the ocean's big. Yeah. So at first they were searching like near Thailand and Malaysia, smaller area. Yeah. Then it moved to Indian Ocean, fucking huge, right? Yeah. 
but they have searched a lot of it for yeah, years. Yeah, and, they and in found the anything. right area, like they do have some yes indicators they of where like, it might have gone. Hmm, like throwing a fucking pan at the map. Unless the mainframe was hacked. <laughs> Unless the mainframe was hacked, or it fucking disappeared into a wormhole. Or that as well. I still think someone snapped off the flapper on and gave it to Timmy. Yeah, just snapped off with their hand. <laughs> <laughs> that alien. Just like, well, I mean, if they think that the alien just snatched it out of the sky, yeah. maybe this alien has a really big hand. It's very strong. I mean, I'm not going to put it past the aliens. Maybe they're really big. Um, just I'm... reached down into the earth and just went boop. Yeah. <laughs> like Lego? Yeah. Um, it's really like of... Lego. Um, so I know I've got some American fans, but have to say I wasn't shocked to read that a CNN presenter actually asked about wormholes to an aviation expert oh on fucking oh TV honey, no. interview. No, no. So was the aviation guy just like, um. <laughs> well, the presenter's name is Don Lemon and he asked Mary Schiavo, mm-hmm. Schiavo, a yeah. former inspector general at the Department of Transportation on actual TV. This is a quote. Yeah. A lot of people have been asking about black holes and on and on. I know it's preposterous, but is it preposterous, Mary? And Mary's like, yes, Lemon. <laughs> so it's fucking preposterous. Mary said, well, you know, even a small black hole would suck in our entire universe. <laughs> so we know it's not that. Oh, she's so like, she's like so like diplomatic yeah, about it. She's, she's like, just mm. like, what? Who signed me up for this yeah. fucking interview? Where's my publicist? <laughs> She said the Bermuda Triangle is often weather and Lost is uh, a TV show. There's an R in there that I've added, (laughs) included. So she shot him down on CNN. Oh. Um, But you know what, Don? The truth is out there. Oh, Don, (laughs) like we don't really know anything about black holes. Maybe there are tiny black holes Mm -hmm. that you could just suck up a plane. Just suck a whole plane in. Maybe there's a huge black hole in the Indian Ocean that's just sitting there. Maybe we don't fly over it much. Waiting for people to get sucked into it. Yeah, it just like eats planes and boats. Like the Bermuda Triangle, but in the Indian Ocean. And without Mary saying the Bermuda Triangle's weather, boring. It's not weather. I don't believe that. Um, Batteries and fruit. Okay. Explain. Some people believe that a combustible cocktail of lithium-ion batteries and several tons of fruit created an explosion that brought down the plane. Why the fruit? So there were five tons of mangosteens. Oh, yeah. That's a lot of mangosteens. That's a lot of Five tons. Again, how the fuck is this plane staying in the air? With five tons of mangosteens. Just take some mangosteens out. We don't need need five tons. So like apparently part of flying, I don't know anything about the aviation business, They'll also like transport cargo and goods yeah. as well as people. So the mangosteens were like a side hustle of Malaysian Airlines. Yeah. And 221 kilograms of these batteries. And the theory that's presented is that the fruit reacted with the batteries Whoa. to create hazardous fumes or even an explosion. That's crazy. Mm. But it's so crazy. It just might It just might have, have happened. happened. Um, Business Insider reports this theory was actually looked into. Yeah. (laughs) And Malaysia Science and Technology Research Institute for Defence concluded that they were convinced, sorry, quote, they were convinced that the two items tested could not be the cause in the disappearance of MH370. So they, yeah, okay. So they shot down that idea. That's a wild and believable idea. I know. Batteries and fruit. Doesn't explain some things though. Yeah. <laughs> like a lot of things. <laughs> like a lot. Like why it went off course, why it was just cruising over the Indian yeah. Ocean for ages. Yeah, because I think the weird thing is a minute after he said, good night, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. thing was fucking gone. No. That's so, weird. and then, but then it was tracked for seven hours or whatever yeah. it was. So yeah. it's like, yes, it disappeared from radar, but it doesn't, didn't disappear from. Yeah. Life. Life. Like yeah. satellites could ping it. And yeah. So we know that it flew for a while. Yeah. Um, so things like explosions don't, don't really, really make work, sense. Yeah. Um, but maybe this theory does. Okay. Influencer. Kurt Coleman. Kurt Coleman. Yep. Kurt Coleman is weighing in. Okay. I cannot he wait for this. He made a video in 2014. Oh my God. This I was directed to by our colleague, Brad. Okay. He was like, I told him what I was doing. Yeah. I just couldn't, couldn't keep it to myself. Yeah. And he said, you've got to put Kurt Coleman's theory in. And I found an article by Brad containing this video. So I've just, I've quoted the best bits of the yeah. video. And it's just, he was like, everyone's talking about this plane. Here's my theory. Okay. Someone hijacked the plane and they wanted to see if they could go into space or to the moon. Yes. They hijacked it because they couldn't afford a rocket because they were Darrow. <laughs> they, pushed, <laughs> they pushed the pilots out the window. Out the window. Out the wi- just open the window. Just open out that window. Yeah. It went into space and it's just floating in space now. That's why no one can find it on Earth because it's not on Earth. I love this. That's the only logical explanation I could think of. I'm always right in the end. <laughs> <laughs> I miss old Kurt Coleman. I know. He's so great. But also, I mean, kind of, mm. except for the fact that probably satellites would pick it up orbiting the Earth. Yes, because they're even closer so to satellites. I don't satellites. think the plane could just get out of no. orbit. I don't think it's powerful <laughs> enough. I think it would just and get stuck he, where the satellites are. He goes into a bit of a thought process about that oh, where okay. he's like, you know, has anyone tried to fly a plane like, into true, space? True, true, true. Um, so that's his theory that it flew into space. Love it. It was floating there. That was a long time ago. So I'd be it interested to know me. where it is now. Yeah. Well, it wouldn't surprise me if someone did try and do that, but mm. I would think that it would dis- maybe it maybe it um, disintegrated mm. in the atmosphere, mm-hmm. and that's why the little bits are found. Just the one flap. Because they on. find like, don't they find like when space shuttles re-enter the atmosphere or some shit or bits whatever? Break the off. Bits yeah. Break off, and they just like show up in places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And remember that guy was one of those Red Bull daredevil type dickheads. Yeah. He went like into space. Did he? Yeah. But like only just, like he just went like to the safe part. Yeah. And then like came down again uh-huh. and he lived. Whoa. It was this whole thing. It was like attention seeking. Yeah. He wasn't in a, pl- I feel like was he in a plane or he wasn't in a rocket or yeah. a spaceship. Yeah. Like he, but he managed to get really, really fucking high. Yeah. So, you know, maybe someone was just like, yeah. I'm going to pick this passenger plane. Yeah. 239 people on board and we're doing this, going to space. And everyone's like, please no. (laughs) And he's like, yes, it's going to be fun. And they're like, we're just going to get stuck up there. And he's like, no, it's going to be a good time. And it was not a good time. It wasn't because they never found the plane. No. Or any of the people. So that is it. They're the theories I've collected. They're the most common batshit theories, the most common boring theories. What do you think happened? Well... I was going to ask you what you think happened because you've done mm. so much research that I feel like you've got all the facts. So I want to know what, which one you're leaning toward. It just, I think the mystery of it is like, we we're just saying it doesn't make sense Yeah. because for it to like disappear from radar, but then continue flying. But then what's the point? Like what yeah. would be the point of the captain doing that on purpose? Yeah. So I actually think I probably tend to agree with Malaysia and Australia who think the hypoxia event happened yeah. and no one was conscious. Yeah. And it just kept flying until it ran out of fuel. Yeah. But then why haven't they been able to find it in that ran out of fuel area? Yeah. 
Like it wasn't that massive. Yeah. And if it's on autopilot, then it's pretty, they're yeah. going to have a pretty good guess of where it, where it went. Run out. Yeah. Because they can track, you know, it's not like it's deviating off course because it's yeah. on autopilot. Yeah. But that seems like the most logical Occam's razor um, conclusion. Yes. Is there's no reason for it to fly for that long if people were alive. Yeah, it's just or awake, like you said, just because that reminded me of that, how he goes goodnight and then it was like, bam, that to me seems deliberate, not necessarily by him, but by somebody that they go, I'm going to use this one minute gap between them being like, I guess, connected to Kuala Lumpur to them being connected to Ho Chi Minh. Mm -hmm. I'm going to use this gap to Mm. just turn us off. Yeah. And, you know, not I'm not necessarily saying it was the pilot or even the co-pilot, but just yeah. whoever. Someone on the plane. Yeah. I, my, I actually feel quite, and it's probably my love of conspiracy theories and mm-hmm. like secret government bullshit. But yes. like the fact that there was an island. Sexy <laughs> the island, Americans. Diego Garcia. Sexy island. In the middle. I'm just now imagining everyone in like army print bikinis. Bik- being like, party. Woo, it's like the party. It's like wet t-shirt competition. Island. Diego Garcia. <laughs> it's the place to be if you're in the military and you have to be secret. Yeah. It's like the spring break of the secret yeah. governments and they all go Only there. Only place they can party. And it's just like all the time in the middle of the Indian Ocean. Um, anyway, jokes aside. To me, there is a lot in that because, A, mm. it's a, a legitimate place in the Indian Ocean that the plane would want to crash into, mm-hmm. not just random ocean, right? Yeah. It, like, goes off course, like, mm-hmm. turn it off, and then we're going completely different directions. Like, a, it disappeared of satellites and then reappeared mm. in its tracking. Yes. Like, something happened there to me mm-hmm. where someone went, no, nah, we're not doing this, we're going elsewhere. Yeah. Shit's going down. And then for it not to appear mm-hmm. to be, say, just totally blown up, mm-hmm. um, you know, that would explain having only bits and pieces, mm-hmm. not a whole yes. plane. A convenient flapper on. You know, it's still kind of a big area where there's not a lot of people around. There's not like, you know, a lot of people that are going to necessarily know that that happened. You could do a no. big explosion out there and no yep. one's, you know, it's like how a, ro- a volcano can go off. In the mm-hmm. middle of the Indian Ocean underwater and people are like, oh, that didn't realise that was happening. You yes. Know? Yeah. I think they actually can realise. But you know what I mean? <laughs> not <laughs> like the general is. public. Yeah. It's like there's not – you don't have a lot of mouths to close yes. per se, which is very ominous. But, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. I just think that the turning of mm-hmm. course mm-hmm. is the sus bit to me. Yeah. All the other things you could explain with things, yeah. you know, like this hypoxia hypoxic. Hypoxia. 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 I'll put a map in the group of how it veers because it veers quite sharply. Yes, yes, I want to see. But then I guess if it's very sharp, potentially. Mm. Anyway. Mm. It's just, it's got to be one of my most... Like what the fuck happened? Yeah, like you're gonna you're gonna die, and then you want to know. I'll still be thinking about it. Yeah, Yeah. I'll still be thinking about it. That's why I wanted to do it. Yeah. Um, if you guys have theories that I haven't listed, like there's obviously so many theories out there. Um, Ben, one of our colleagues, Mm -hmm, who mm -hmm. you guys would have heard in an episode, he was saying to me that there was a time when, like every week, the Daily Mail or News dot com were just like going on Reddit and publishing people's weird theories as like. A main story on the, <laughs> which is on the very site. dodgy, yeah. and then like the team here would be like, oh, you know, yeah. and it wasn't any expert or anything. It was just some weirdo being yeah. like, 
pits in freaking Mauritius or yeah, whatever, like yeah. just some crazy theory. Um, so there's so many, but I just try to pick out the yeah. most common and then the ones that made me laugh. Um, but if you've got a theory or you've heard a theory, you know someone that knows something, you're from Diego Garcia, oh, Party Island. Party Island. Of in the, the American military. <laughs> um, your Timmy from Reunion Island yep. who found the flapper on. I'd love that. Um, hit us up. Yeah. In the group. Um, but that's it. Bye. Bye.